We are live, I do believe, at this time. It's 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, the uh, early bird podcast sessions. AddedSouls.com, the website. Stefan Maillet is my name. We're in Genesis. We're studying the Bible. It's the midweek study session. That's what we do on Wednesdays. And we've been going through uh, the book of Genesis. It's not a small book, is it? Yeah, book of beginnings, book of Genesis. And uh, we've been captivated captivated with great fascination, great interest in um, the recorded, witnessed and recorded account of Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Rebecca, this family. Very disorderly. <laughs> A lot of disorder going on with this family. Um, but yet still hope. Yet we, we still see some hope because God is good. And God is good always. And his mercy, his grace, his suffering along with us, being patient with us, his uh, ability to uh, uh, govern uh, his people and to have his providence activated in such a way that fulfills his will, his testament, and his plan forward for his people. And though they do stumble and make bad decisions, because we tend not to read the Bible that way, but we should. It would be accurate according to the author's intent for our minds if we read the text knowing that, well, these people, Isaac, and Rebecca, Jacob, and Esau, this family, are human beings. And as human beings, they choose to participate in lawless things and make unwise decisions, foolish decisions. And uh, that's what we've been looking at. We've been in chapter 27 last session a few weeks ago now. We read through verse 1, or we began in verse 1 and made our way all the way to verse 29. And we kind of saw Jacob's deception there, didn't we? I encourage you to go check out the archived video uh, and uh, listen to it. You'll see. And of course, if you're just new to the channel, please consider subscribing following along, giving us a thumbs up, a comment, perhaps sharing the the, uh, the, uh, the link far and wide. And uh, you can go back to the archive videos. If you're on my channel here, the Added Souls channel, um, yeah, it's all there available to you. You can go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 if you want to. Um, there's always something new to learn, isn't there? And that's the beauty of God-breathed literature. It certainly is the sword of the Holy Spirit. It is the literature of the Holy Spirit, the fulfilled work of the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful book, powerful book, the story of love, right? A man who laid his life for humanity. Interesting indeed. Truthful. Matters of salvation? Oh yeah, for sure. There's all of that kind of good stuff in there. So, that's what we're doing today. I appreciate your kind attention. Stick around. We're going to go through the text. We always do so in a running commentary, also an expository manner. So we are focused on context and what is applicable in our lives to practice. Because what worth is it to know about this family here and read this ancient text, the ancient of days, the literature penned down if there is no application we practice today, you and I, under the dispensation of the Messianic Age. What does that simply mean? Well, the Christian era to which you and I live in. How can we activate the information of Genesis and this family within our own lives? Our faith can grow, can it, through this account? Well, certainly, Paul said we must learn from these ancient 
literatures, and we certainly want to do that. So verse 30 and following is going to be our portion of text this study session for this podcast, and uh, we're going to look at the information in there and just uh, have ourselves uh, study with it. Is that okay? Let me check my feed to make sure things are streaming and that we're all on board. All right, good stuff. Yeah, seems like if we're rolling. Please, by all means, consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. The Added Souls Ministry functions on your compassion, your faith, your willingness to partake and to give to this uh, ministry. So if you sign up freely to addedsouls.locals.com, you, of course, are part of a freedom platform there, a community that is created where you can choose to support monthly, whatever amount. There's no bad amount. There's no too little or too big. It all goes to help the work of the ministry and through the Maya family here in the mission fields of East Coast Canada. And that, of course, is with the East Coast Church of Christ.com. You can check that out as well. There's also the PayPal option. And if you need a physical address to send something, by all means, reach out to me privately and I'll give you that address. Everything is transparent. You can know all. If you have any concerns or you want to have a video chat or a conversation and you have questions, that's all available, of course. Okay. So, Genesis chapter 27, verse 30. It says, now it came about, came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Remember what Jacob was doing there? Jacob had uh, deceived his father, didn't he? Again, go back to the archive session of uh, uh, our studies. And Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother came in from his hunting. Let me put this, I got my Bible, of course, here open in paper form, but let me open it up digitally so I can see it on the screen as well. Uh, Let me see here, Genesis 27, uh, verse 30 to verse 45, let's say. Let's give ourselves enough here. Verse 30 to verse 45. And the translation at hand. There we go. I think I got it now, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Verse 30. Where are you? Verse 30. There you bees. Okie dokie. There. So now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. I mean, They just got out of the water. They're still dripping wet, right? And Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father. It just happened that Esau, Jacob's brother, came in from his hunting. Then he also made savory food, verse 31. Who did that? Well, Esau. Remember, they had to bring that to the father to receive the blessing. Then he also made savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, this is... Esau speaking to to Isaac, let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. Here's Esau seeking his father's blessing. Now Isaac, his father, said to him in verse 32, who are you? And he said, I am your son your firstborn, Esau. Wow. 
That's significant, isn't it? Oh man, there's some uh, depth of perspective here to open up and discuss. Deception through the manipulative tongue and actions of Jacob, through the instructions of his own mother, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, finds such uh, contamination in the mind of Isaac, he no longer even recognizes Esau. You know when manipulative individuals, corrupt betrayers, deceivers, psychological manipulators, wolves in sheep's clothing, you know when they infiltrate a family or they infiltrate a, a local church or friendships, they will contaminate people with their deception in such a way that the people who are devoured by them can no longer even discern the ones who love them, their own siblings, their own family members, their own local brothers and sisters in the church, their own friends. Once you've become the victim of a diatrophic or pharisaical individual, a deceiver, a self-righteous hypocrite, a liar, one who bears false witness, a thief, one who is fraudulent, one who produces the actions of what psychology might determine to be malignant narcissism, gaslighting and projecting. They're never wrong. They've always got an answer, right? Well, all of these patterns of toxic uh, practices uh, are lumped up in all these different fields and branches in which, sadly, Rebecca and Jacob, Isaac's own wife and child, are producing. They are evil workers at this stage of the account. And sadly, look at the devastation. Look at the sorrow to come. Look at what the contaminating presence of deceit can have as a consequence upon Isaac's mind. Now, Isaac is old and he can't see very well and all that kind of stuff. And again, I encourage you to go to our archived videos to to, to, to follow along and keep up with it, but, I mean, he don't even recognize Esau. That's why he's like, who are you? The dece Deceiving people has severe consequences. You can become jaded. You can become uh, uh, blind to those who love you. You might even become bitter and angry at those who love you and who are innocent because you've been deceived by a deceiver. There's consequence in that. Many of us have witnessed that wisdom through the hands of, again, these wolves in sheep's clothing, these deceivers and how they do that. They, 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 it's just so chaotic. It's so sad. So his own father to Esau, who are you? He said, I am your son. Esau's like, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. What do you mean you don't recognize me? Well, no, Isaac's been the recipient of deceit. He had been devoured by a lie. A very cunning lie, a very strategic lie, very cunning. These kinds, you, you, man, the, I'm telling you, they are the PhDs of deceit. They take time and thought to become evil workers, to have their own agenda fulfilled, their own efforts to be fulfilled. They're greedy. They'll do the most wickedest things 
They'll, they'll, they'll practice embezzlement. They'll try to steal from you, but they'll call the innocent the embezzlers and the stealers and the thieves. Again, these kinds are most cunning, most cunning. But their days are numbered, are they not? The innocent have hope in their hearts because the day is coming when these will be exposed. When the sky opens and the trumpet sounds, there won't be no hiding behind lies anymore. These kinds will be exposed. And the gnashing of their teeth will be heard throughout eternity. The account is true and real of we read here in Genesis of this family and the things that are taking place. And they are real indeed for us today to make practical application with. So Isaac, Esau's father, says to Esau, after having been deceived by Jacob through the hands of his mother, his own wife, I mean, again, there's a lot of problems going on with this family. Isaac says to him, who are you? Can't even recognize his own son. That's how toxic these deceivers can be. They'll have a son no longer recognize his father, his own brother. They'll have mothers no longer recognizing their daughters. It is deep sorrow and weeping when the hands of these deceivers are activated and cause such chaos and division. So Isaac, of course, after having heard Esau say, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Oh, man. Isaac trembled violently, the text says in verse 33. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be angry, uh, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, this, is the, this will bring anger in you. There might be righteous anger and there might be unrighteous anger. It's very difficult not to fall into the temptation of unrighteous anger, which can produce bitterness, vindictive, uh, vindictive thoughts of violence and, and, and revenge and retaliation and all these things against Jacob and his lies, you know, against Diotrephes, against the Pharisaical types, against the wolves in sheep's clothing, and they want that. They want you to practice unrighteous anger on them so they can point the finger at you and say, see, because they've been whispering behind your back, gossiping behind your back to the people they're devouring, accusing you of being a devil, the devil himself. And so if you act like the devil, you know what Diotrephes is going to do, don't you? You know what Jacob and Rebecca would have done? Well, well, we told you he was evil. People would have been like, I guess he was right. He's evil. <laughs> it's the illustration we utilize. You're sitting in class. You're a teenager in public school. You're sitting in the classroom. The teacher's up front. She's giving you tasks to, per to practice. You got to write something. The bully's in the back. Yeah, the bully's sitting right back there. He's sitting right behind you, isn't he? There's the bully. And what does he do? And he starts spitting on you, slapping you in the back of the head, punching you, kicking you mocking you, doing everything, and he's been at it for a while. He's been at it for a while. He won't stop. He won't stop. He won't stop. And he's been whispering at every other student in the class, telling them that you're a bad person and that you're a violent person and you're the devil. But they don't see him poking at you, slapping you, giving you wet willies, sticking kick-me signs on your back, you know, spitting on you, kicking you, doing all the... Then you finally had it. You explode into an unrighteous 
anger, a moment of violence, you turn around, you punch him square in the nose, blood goes flying all over the place, he's on the ground, and what does he do? He contains himself from laughing and grinning, but he contains himself and puts on an act. I can't believe it. I told you guys this person was evil. And everybody's like, oh, wow, I guess he was. Look at what just happened. See, they don't see what happened. They don't see the slapping behind the head stuff. All they saw was you turning around and punching this student in the face and all the teachers bringing you to the principal getting kicked out of school, but you know what happened. You've been manipulated. Oh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. There's some people out there that are very evil. Some of them are behind pulpits in local congregations they've since taken over, I assure you. They'll have you believing all kinds of lies about the people who love you. So Isaac trembled violently. I, I, Isaac's trembled violently, it says in the text, verse 33. Who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me, so that I ate of all of it before you came and blessed him? A lot of stuff going on here with deceit. See why God hates liars and why they're going to be eternally damned? And how the victims of liars and slanderers and psychological manipulators have hope in God for justice one day, justified defense, comfort in knowing that these kinds will eternally be punished. Look at the damage. Isaac can't even recognize his own son initially because of the contamination of the deceit. And also, look at the emotion that is brought forth in him in, in this violent trembling. Who ha was he then that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of all of it before you came and blessed him? Man, oh man, you know what that means too? As a consequence... Isaac must have felt taken advantage of. Taken advantage of because of his weaknesses. Do you know what deceivers do? They take advantage of your weaknesses. Whatever you struggle with, they'll use that against you. They'll take advantage of it. They'll take inventory and they'll embolden your struggles. They'll flatter you. They'll devour you. And if you wake up with a moment of clarity to know what's happened to you, that you've been abused mentally by these psychological deceivers and liars? Do you know what happens? Do you know what takes place? You start to feel great regret and sorrow and hate towards your own self. How could I have ever let this happen? All the red flags, I was blinded to it. Man, you feel, you just... You feel stupid, taken advantage of, right? Someone's invaded your privacy. Someone's invaded your mind, your thoughts. That's how cult leaders act. That's how cult leaders do. They, they, they control your thoughts. Have you thinking that you are freely thinking for yourself when indeed all you are is a puppet? A puppet to the tyrant, the bully. There's a lot of consequence that comes with these evil workers. Here's Isaac trembling with violence and says, trembling violently, saying, Well, who then? Like, I was just, I thought I was just with you. Oh, man. What's going on? And now it's done. It's set in stone. The blessing was given to the wrong son because of deceit. Yes, and he shall be blessed. 
the text says. Verse 34, when Esau heard the words of his father. Imagine the devastation. He cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. There's another consequence to deceit and lies, manipulation, destroys families, splits families, splits churches, splits friendships. Sad, isn't it? Another consequence to these nefarious and sinister endeavors practiced by Jacob and his mother. Now we have Esau snared in the bondage of bitterness, grudge, a grudge. Man, couldn't control it. I understand it, I assure you. Once you've been betrayed this way, once you've been treated this way, once you've come face to face with these deceivers, man, you might lose your self-control, your sober emotions. And you can, you can come close in wanting to seek revenge and retaliation. God has been so good to those of us who are able to read his words and find comfort and peace. Because if we hadn't, some people would be six feet deep. Some people would be six feet deep. But it is God who judges. And God is just. And he'll make everything right, won't he? In an honorable court where the truth will be exposed. Oh yes, most certainly. Most certainly. So when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out exceedingly in great bitterness. And he said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O oh my father. Desperate, broken, betrayed, at a loss, filled with doubt and confusion now. And he said, in verse 35, Your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Deceitfully. Your brother came and took away your blessing. Man, oh man. See what sin does to siblings? See what it does when you're captivated by deceit? Man. Esau and what took place here, Jacob. Man, this family got problems. And it happens when corruption makes its way in to the hearts of family members. Some family members mem marry corruption. They marry the wrong spouse, very toxic spouse, very controlling and prideful spouse, who suffers with character flaws. Oh man, that can infiltrate a family and that can cause division as well. A wolf in sheep's clothing can see that and he'll go for those weaknesses, those struggles, and he'll, he'll embolden them and he'll use them to his advantage. It's all about greed. It's all about power. It's all about control. It's all about pride. And he said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Then he said, verse 36, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? But Isaac replied to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master, 
and all his relatives I have given to him as servants, and with grain and new wine I have sustained him. Now as for you then, what can I do, my son? Can you imagine the devastation, the sorrow, the emotions, the bitterness, the anger of what has just taken place? This is serious business. This is not just a little thing. This is not a clashing of egos. This is not a misunderstanding. This is not... This is not we can work things out here. This is a major problem. Catastrophic consequences. Deep trauma. What can be done? What can be done, my son? Well, Esau said to his father in verse 38, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, oh, my father. So Esau lifted his voice and wept. Man, that's so sad. That is so sad. Why? Why go through these things? Sin, 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 sin will do that. Some of us have the wisdom of experiencing those things. You live in that trauma and that anxiety. You've gone through deep moments of sorrow loss at the hands of deceit and liars who are so corrupt that they seek to uh, impose on you the accusations of their own guilt. They project, they gaslight the terms they now use. Well, here's the result of chaos. So sad what's going on with this family. So in verse 39, Isaac his father answered and said to him, then Isaac, his father, right? So Isaac has something to say to Esau. He says, behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall your dwelling be your dwelling and, and away from the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and your brother you shall serve. But it shall come about when you become restless that you will break his yoke from your neck. There is going to be a festering mold within your heart that will not give you any rest until you've um, fulfilled the desires of the flesh and the temptation of retaliation, revenge, grudge. The blessing can't be retracted. Set in stone. Was hijacked by deceit to the wrong son. But now there's no turning back. The motion is set forward. So Esau, verse 41, bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Hmm. Man, oh man. What kind of an upbringing did uh, Esau and Jacob have? <laughs> you know, you got to blame the parents a little bit. Part did the parents play in this chaos? Man, oh man. This stems way, this stems far, doesn't it? To the generation before them. This stems within the mind of things taking place with Abraham and Sarah. Did not Sarah say, Go into my mistress? Because God just ain't 
holding up his side of the bargain. He's blaming me. That's why we're not having the child as quickly as I wanted the child to be produced. So therefore go into my mistress. And we know till this day, we suffer the consequences of those decisions, those deceitful moments. Oh man, sin has a long lasting consequence. Why do you think God hates sin so much? So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, verse 41, The days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Yeah, I'm going to wait till my father's in the ground. Take time with this. Now when the words of her elder son Esau were reported to Rebekah, she sent and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself concerning you by planning to kill you. Treacherous, treacherous. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice, she says in verse 43, and arise, flee to Haran, to my brother Laban. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides. Really? Let's, t let's, just, let's just soak in how foolish that sounds. His fury subsides? What has taken place ain't never going to go away. Esau should, have, should learn how to find peace and perseverance and heal and trust God to take care of this, to, to repair the brokenness. But Rebekah is fooling herself and also fooling... E uh, 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 Jacob, if she thinks Esau is just going to flick a switch and be like, get over it now. Once you've been the victim of very evil people who have done much destruction, you don't forget that. You learn how to let go unrighteous anger and all that it brings, entails, and you find peace and you find focus and you find a new path, it changes you. Trauma changes you forever. And you revisit that anxiety from time to time and the sorrow and the loss that has come from deceit and liars. But if she here, Rebecca, thinks that J Jacob's just going to be like, you know, uh, sorry, Esau's just going to be like, oh, you know, it's I'm over it now. You can't stand when some people say that too. Just get over it already. It's been a year, two years, five years, ten years. If you've lost a family member, if you've lost some uh, someone dear to you through the hands of trauma because of evil people, you don't just forget that. You don't just forget that. That's not going away. It's not a get over it thing. You learn how to deal with it. You learn how to deal with it in a humble, loving way. That's what you do. But that's not what's going on here. They're not seeking repairs here. They're not seeking ways to heal. This is further facilitating their delinquencies, their lawlessness, their character flaws. So now, therefore, my son, obey my voice, she says, and arise. Flee to Haran, to my brother Laban. Stay with him a few days. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides. Is that going to really happen? Until your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him? Oh yeah, this is something that's just going to be easily forgotten, sure. 
Right. We're talking about a consequence that has that transcends ancestral lineage to the point of our even current generation here and now. You think he's just going to be like, oh, all right, whatever, you know, it's just, it happens. I can't stand brethren who have the very misguided signal of their virtues when they say, well, just learn to get along and forgive. Yeah, you keep saying that until one of your sons and daughters is devoured by a deceiver. You keep saying that until you're the one who has had broken marriages and broken families and broken churches and broken friendships and all that nonsense at the hands of these deceivers. You, you go ahead and say that. Some, some of our brethren, man, they need to walk a mile in our shoes till they open their mouth. It's sad. Some brethren can't discern this wisdom. They can't do it. They refuse to. They don't want to see it. They can't discern right from wrong. Many of our brethren will be siding with Rebecca and Jacob. They would. I know it. I've seen it. Some brethren side with Judas. Some brethren side with the Pharisees. Some brethren side with Alexander the coppersmith, with Diotrephes. Some brethren side with evil workers, with the corrupt. Some brethren side with evil, and they're going to know it on the day of judgment. So she thinks really that, you know, Jacob's just going to get over it real soon and he'll forget about all of this. This is not the kind of thing that is cultivated in the heart of Jacob that's just going to be let go, or the heart of Esau, sorry, that's just going to be let go. No, no, he's plotting. He's going to kill him, right? That's what's in his mind right now at this, in this context, in this account, at this moment, this portion of scripture. Stay with him a few days, she says, until your brother's fury subsides, until your further your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him, then I will send and get you from there. Why should I be bereaved of you both in one day? Oh, oh, please, let's take out the baby violin here. <laughs> I've got two sons now in turmoil. It's your fault. In, in part, in part, in association here, in, in instruction of what you told Jacob to do. Now it's like, uh, this is such an inconvenience. Esau, you just go over to my brother there, Laban, and, and we'll just wait till Jacob, you know, he... No, uh, I got the names wrong again, don't I? Uh, uh, Jacob, you go hang out with Laban for a while. You know, Uncle Labe... You go hang up with Uncle Labe for a while, and uh, Esau, you know, he, 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 he's just taking a small little flip out right now. It's, you know, he, he'll cool down, and he'll be fine. But I just can't stand, I just can't deal with both of you right now. It's too much for me. Ugh, I broke a nail. Man, that's crazy, isn't it? Anyways, that concludes our session portion here of the chapter. I'll keep verse 41, uh, 46 for uh, the next session along with the next chapter to come in here. But what can we see? What's going on? What can we learn? What's Well, if you've been paying attention, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Sin causes a lot of damage. It destroys families. It causes people to act in ways they should not be acting. They should not be practicing these evil things. And it causes a lot of problems. What's the answer? Get rid of evil people. Avoid them. Mark them. Avoid them at all costs, number one. What if they're family members? If they're unwilling to repent, you can't be. Like, if they're unwilling to soften their hearts, have a moment of clarity, and be transparent, and just be 
poor of spirit, seeking love, unity, uh, repair, renewal, seeking to just, then the, the, you can, they can't do much with them. You can't do much with them. They, they, they're, they're gone. But some, some will have clarity, some will repair, some will seek to, 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 to awaken to the abuse of the deceit they had been washed by, if you will, controlled by. That takes time. God's providence takes time. But we can have strength. We can have courage. We can persevere. We can. The holy text within the law of the new covenant would teach us that persevering through temptation teaches us patience. Learn patience. You learn how to be peaceful. You learn how to keep your thoughts and be self-controlled, have wisdom. The Bible makes us wiser than our enemies. It'll make us wiser than these wolves in sheep's clothing, wiser than our uh, these evil workers. It makes us wise. And then we don't get scared of these evil workers anymore, do we? No, because they're liars. So we know how to move forward. But we have the Bible. We must take the Bible. The Bible's the key to it. You read the words of the Bible, and you cling strong to the faithful, to the innocent, to the honest, to the transparent, to the humble. You practice benevolence. You practice evangelism. You, you remain active in fellowship with the faithful. You read the Bible. You heal. You grow strong from these moments. Like this family we're reading about. A witnessed and recorded account of a family that's in a lot of problems right now. A lot of trouble going on. There's discord. There, it is disorderly. There is discord in this family we are reading about. But yet still, yet still, there is hope. There's hope. There's lineage. Christ is coming. Jesus is coming. And the sins of mankind will have an opportunity to be washed away with the blood of Jesus Christ. There's hope. Even way back here, thousands of years ago in the Old Testament, there is hope because of the coming Christ. Isn't that something? I think so. All right. That'll conclude our session. Stefan Maia, my name. AddedSouls.com is the website. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com is the church site. You can find us also on Facebook and various other locations. We'd love for you to get involved with our mission. Reach out to us if you want, even want to study the scriptures with us. I'm telling you, the East Coast Church of Christ is a beautiful church. It's a wonderful, loving, uh, humble church. There is unity here. There is healing. We are all equal. We are striving to do what's right. And there is a, a place for you here in this family. We're growing. Oh, we're growing. It's a beautiful thing. Get involved. Know how to partake, get to know how to partake, get to know how to get involved, all that wonderful stuff. Reach out to me at itssouls at gmail.com or through my website or through the East Coast Church of Christ website, all that kind of good stuff. Consider subscribing, giving us a thumbs up, comment, sharing the link far and wide over here on rumble.com slash seasoncharlie slash souls. And also consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com and joining this freedom community. We're at 30 supporters. We're seeking to reach 50 by the end of this year. We're hoping and praying it's God's will that you find purpose and compassion to get involved with the Added Souls Ministry and the work that's involved with all that and uh, support. It's available to you. I'm speaking, of course, to members of the Church of Christ who are faithful and are seeking, uh, who are willing and able to, to, to get involved. All right, my friends, uh, Lord willing, 
tomorrow we'll be together again for a topical discussion. That's our theme. You can look at the show notes in the days, Monday to Friday, we go live and there's a theme to each day. And uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Stay focused, stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow. God bless.